0: Welcome to The Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. God is good. Jesus is here. He's always moving. He's always speaking. And uh, today, I want to share a little bit. I've got a word for us. But the main thing I want to do today is share my heart on um, what I got to experience this past weekend. Are you all okay with that? Um, But before I do that, I do want to say, I I want to remind you that youth is this Wednesday. And I'll talk a little bit about this this morning. But this generation, I'm going to swap stools. I know this is awkward, but this one's the squeaky one. Sorry, Tam. It'll drive me nuts. And you too, if you can hear it. All right. So, uh, spring break camping trip is coming up for the youth. You can register for that online. Uh, Youth is every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And Leah's walking down the aisle to get saved right now. And she's the youth (laughs) pack. She does an incredible job leading our our youth ministry and and the team that loves on our kiddos, our, our students. Uh prayer, prayer night is it happens every Wednesday night, seven to nine in this room. It's a two-hour worship and prayer set. Oh, it was so sweet in here Wednesday night. The kiddos were coming, we were dancing down here, and it was just beautiful. I'm telling you, I'm telling you one thing. Prayer room's changing this man right here. Prayer room's changing me. And I'm so thankful that he's put in our hearts to pray and he's making us a people of prayer. Um it also happens Thursdays, eleven to one. So if you like got a lunch break, you come in for thirty minutes or whatever. Um, join us. It's in this room. And uh maybe we had one this morning before you guys ever got here. Let's just have prayer room all the time. Yeah. That's the goal. in the end goal anyway, right? So um so I I I have a scripture today and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter thirty. It's gonna be in the screen, verse eleven through I think 14 or 15, but you've got it back there. This command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you and it is not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it today and obey it. And it is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who's gonna cross the sea and bring it to us so we can hear it and obey. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and it is in your heart so that you can obey it. This weekend I got the opportunity to travel to Wilmore, Kentucky to be a eyewitness and be a part of what God is doing at Asbury University. If you've not heard, you're not on social media or watch the news or anything like that. God is moving in a in a Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky. Wednesday. Now it's been I think nine days, ten days. We're like eleven days in now. I don't know, but they had a chapel service and there were a handful of students that just couldn't leave the chapel service, and had students go to class and they said, "Hey." doc can we go back in the chapel like I feel like the Lord's just moving on my heart and I just got to go pray and I love this yes go skip class and be with Jesus you know and 20 started with 20 students and then people just started coming back to the chapel and it grew and it grew and it grew and chapel was full and there's worship and prayer going on and basically it just never stopped And this has happened at Asbury. It happened, the last big one happened in 1970, where there was just worship and testimony and prayer and confession and repentance. And the altars were full. And uh, they just lingered in the presence of God, just 24-7 for, I don't know how long that one lasted. But I remember as as a college student starting to study revival, God gripped my heart for just to be a part of a move of God. I've always prayed that. Um, I, I can't explain the longing on my heart that's there. I just know that it's something God has put inside of me. It's part of who I am. I just, I've just, always longed to be a part of what God is doing, especially in a revival or a move of God, an awakening, a renewal. And, um, and so it's just gripped my heart since I was in college. And I remember studying about the Asbury Revival. And if, you, if you've ever studied revival, sometimes you can read some things and you're like, I don't know, that's just a little weird for me. Asbury in 1970 was just a pure worship and repentance and loving Jesus and coming back to the first love. And I remember thinking, now that sounds like revival. And I was just so drawn to that. God gave me such a a heart and a burden to pray for that, and I asked for that and i've I've asked for years to be a part of something like this and um and then I got to experience it this weekend, <laughs> and I'm so grateful and I know that there's probably twenty of you guys have already asked me, so how was it? Tell me about it and um i i I did share some things on my stories i I haven't gone out there yet and just said, here's my opinion about it. Honestly, I think that if anybody it was in that room, I don't know how you have an opinion. You're just, I don't know. It's real easy to be critical and opinionated about things we haven't ever experienced. And we have no clue what God's doing. It's like if you're in the presence of God, it just does something to you. And so, um, but, so what I am going to do today, I'll tell you what it meant to me. And then I'll tell you some of my observations and not just to tell you stories, but but to help us to understand where the Lord is moving and what he's doing in our lives right here in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. So first of all, the trip to me from the beginning, it seemed like a personal invitation. Like I said, I've had this longing for years. I've asked God, I don't want to have to lead. I don't have to lead a revival. I really don't want to lead it. I would rather just see it and be a part of it. I just just want to be where you are and where you're moving. I want to see this with my own eyes. So I had a desire to go when I heard about what was going on at Asbury, right? Like I just wanted to go, but I was like, you know, we don't have just like loads of cash sitting around like to make a trip like this and like, I I just expressed my desire to the Lord. like I just love to go, but I'm blessed what you're doing. I know that you can do that in Savannah. Please just pour out your spirit in Savannah. And I ate Valentine's Day lunch with my wife at a Mexican restaurant. uh, And the waiter came out and he laid the check down on the table. And you know how they always bring the little pen. And I looked down at the pen and it said Asbury Theological Seminary on the pen. I'm like, what the chances Asbury College would show up at the Mexican restaurant? And so, you know, not to be spooky, but I'm thinking, that seems odd. And, I, and I, so I just told the Lord, I'll take that as a wink. Like, like that you're, what you're doing there, like keep pressing in, Gunner, because it's coming, you know? And then later that afternoon, somebody offered their airline points. For me to go to Wilmore, I was telling that story to somebody the next day, the next morning. This was Thursday, and they said, "Well, I'm going to offer you my hotel points, so it won't cost you anything to stay." Amen. And so we're like, Christy helping me get get hotel and get you know trying to make this happen because the flight was Friday. I mean, it's Thursday night, Thursday. Yeah, no, this was Wednesday, so I left Thursday. Stayed all day Friday and he came back yesterday. But before, I was on, when I was on the road, I, I got venmo enough money to pay for the rental car. Mom. And then throughout the week, I would get Venmo's from people, from some of you guys. It's like, hey, here's a meal on, our, on us. And I'll tell you something, almost to the dollar, the trip was completely paid for. And I say all that to say this. Number one, thank you. If you are a part of that, thank you so much. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that. But more than that, this was a birthday present for me <laughs> from the Lord. <laughs> like gifts are free. It was a gift. And um, I'm just really thankful. And uh, I'm going to share some takeaways. But as I share these takeaways, I want you to hear my heart. I come at this with a reverence, and I don't want to exaggerate anything, but at the same time, I don't want to make light of something that is, that is genuine and that we need to lean into. So just a few things that I, that I saw, and I got seven little quick points here. One of the things that marked that this weekend was a tangible presence of God. And you've had those moments in this room. This, I mean, we had that this morning. There's just a tangible presence of God. Um, as I was driving into to Wilmore, um, I could sense his nearness. And I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever, I've never been in an environment where the atmosphere was like his presence permeated it. And as I was driving into the city, into the town, because it's a small town, and I drove on campus, and I'm just almost like starting to weep already. And then I get out of my car, and I walk, and it's like 30 degrees, and it's sleeting. <laughs> and people are lined up all down the street. And I get close enough, and I hear them singing from inside the auditorium. And I just, already, I'm just starting to cry. And then, um, once you get in, once I've walked into the room, you can't hold back the tears. It's like it's like this. God is so present; it's so evident that you're just you just can't be moved. You can't not be moved. And one of my favorite things as I was where I was seated is there was a, a door in the back where people were were being brought in, and some of them, honestly, um, there were no celebrities at this thing, right? The pe- there were some big name worship leaders and pastors and stuff like that that showed up and they just, you know, they may take them out of the line and bring them in the back door, but they didn't put them on the platform. The whole thing was led by Gen Z. College students, high school students, There were the faculty and the staff just facilitated what God was doing through that generation. And that's what I loved about that. But what I did have a privilege to see was I was standing as people would come in the door and to watch their faces when they walked in the room. It was a lady, and she was from Brazil, because why else would you wear a Brazilian flag around you? <laughs> but she walks in, and she just kind of, hey, yeah, yeah, thank you so much. And she goes, Pfft. and she walks in. And I, we're sitting there, and we're worshiping, and we're singing, and there would be these moments where it, did the whole place would just erupt in joy. And I'll tell you, you've seen it on TikTok, you've seen the live stream, but like <laughs> in the rooms it's a whole different story. It's not just the words, it's not just music, it's not just singing. There's there is a collective faith and love and worship being pointed at the Lord and just almost at times violently displayed. And then you would, it would, it would, it would die down, and then there would be this, this stillness and then weeping people just start weeping all around you and then I'd start weeping i was in there for 9 hours straight did not want to leave the only reason i got up is cuz they said look there's a line down the street if the lord is releasing you from this room will you please get up so that somebody can have your seat and that's the only reason i got up cuz i don't want i didn't want to leave but i wept for 4 hours straight because the presence of the Lord was just there and he was it's hard to explain when you get in his presence he just does things to your life it's not it's it's not even about emotion it's he's showing me my life he's showing me my heart and i'm re, i'm repenting over my sin and then I'm singing worship back to him in response and then i'm and then he reveals another area of my life where I've lived in disobedience or unbelief and I'm like I'm so sorry. I didn't see it. And uh, so it was that. It was just, he could do more in his presence in two seconds. We say that. (laughs) You heard me say that a hundred times. But in his presence, he can do more than we can do through anything of our efforts. It's supernatural. It's his presence. It's what it's him working. And one of the things that I that I uh witnessed also was just even outside on the lawn and in the line, just unusual kindness. I was I was almost I was almost wrecked just by the kindness and generosity of the people. It's like everybody was under this collective umbrella of God. Just God's love in a tangible way. And it's like, you ain't gonna be ugly in that environment, you know? Like, everybody's just overwhelmingly generous and kind from like helping people in the rain and like, you know, going, bringing food. People who own restaurants and food trucks and stuff like that would just show up and just feed everybody for free. And um, people drove for hours to just come serve people. And that was amazing to me. Um, One of the one of the quotes that someone said said, "What we've been doing here for the last week is forming, or what God's been doing is forming a vessel of unity under this outpouring." And and they were stressing like love each other. I thought it. uh, I thought it was kind of odd that we're in this. Family Matter series and loving one another. How about loving one another is the vessel that can contain what God wants to pour out? Because when we, when we, when we don't get right with each other, it, the vessel is leaky. If, there are division, if there's a division in a bowl, the liquid will run out. If there's a crack in the vessel, the liquid will run out. But where there is unity is where he can pour out what he wants to pour out. And we're going to deal with that in a minute. Because there's a lot of that that needs to be dealt with in this room. And I don't know your heart. I don't have x-ray vision. But I feel it. Do you feel it? We've invited him and now he's doing his work. So today, what I want to encourage you to do is just obey. Do what he says. All right. Next thing was this, passionate worship. Uh, I'll say this the nicest way I know how. There weren't superstar musicians on that platform. (laughs) They were college students that just loved the stew out of Jesus and would and would, didn't care how long they were up there singing, they would just lead and lead. And then they'd, they'd rotate out and just passionate worship and to the point where uh, even the sound system wasn't loud enough to get over the congregation, like the crowd. Like, and and, the, and the, the crowd would lead the singing just as much as the people on the stage would. And it reminded me of the stories of the Welsh Revival where that would just happen all the time. You know, somebody start a song back here and everybody just starts singing it. And that's kind of the way... The, kind of the way that was, just pure devotion. And I'd heard in my study of revival just of in, in years past and stuff, I've heard people say there's a sound in revival. And I've never understood that. I've just heard everybody says that there's a sound to revival. I heard it. There's more than music. It's more than words. It's more than singing. There's something, and I, I was telling Lauren about this yesterday. There's some, It's almost like there's a... What did I say? audible Audible emotion. It's like an audible, it's something else. And in those environments and like in that worship and in the presence of God, I think, and we've experienced it here, there's almost like sometimes there seems to be an overlap of heaven and earth. And where you're just like, where am I right now? because it feels like I'm in heaven. And there's almost a sound to that. I know that that, that may not make sense, but like there's a difference. And there, there when the overlap is there, and I pray for that in this house, I pray for that over our city, that there would just be a canopy of God consciousness to descend on us, that where we don't know whether we are in earth or in heaven at times. The next thing that I noticed was extraordinary prayer. Prayer is what it was burst out of. What we're not hearing on, on things is that there, there's a house, there's a prayer room on campus. And it, it's, it's interesting to me that when revival came to Asbury, the campus turned into a prayer room. That's basically what happened. Like it just became a prayer room. And so one of the things that the Lord was speaking to me early on is, you know, revival begets prayer rooms and prayer rooms beget revival. Like it's just, it's like one in the same. Every move of God has been marked by the same thing. And that one common denominator is prayer. You know, some revivals look different than others. Some of them, like this one's relatively calm from some things that we've read about in the past, you know. Um, But it doesn't matter what it looks like. Still, the Holy Spirit, and um, but they're all birthed in prayer, and uh, I, I love to see. I was this literally happened to me. I had a burden on my heart at one point during that, during, just being seated, seated sitting there on on Friday, and I just remember thinking, I need to go get prayer for this. And then the the worship set concluded, and I was like, "Oh, I'm too late." Okay, I want to stay seated. And then the guy gets up and he says, "Before we move on, I'm sensing that some of you have this," and I'm like, "So let's pray for that." If that's you, stand up. And I've stood up and I've received ministry. And I love that just that culture of prayer. And that's what we're building here, by the way. That's what we're going to become is just that house of prayer. Not just about prayer rooms, but a culture of prayer. That In your communities, when you start community next week, that it's like we don't rush through those moments. We'll say, let's stop right here and let's pray. And you put hands on somebody and you pray for them. Um, the next thing was wise stewardship. I am, like I said, Gen Z led this thing. Like it was led by college students, but it was facilitated by some staff and faculty. And I was blown away at the wisdom and the stewardship of that move of God. They were very, not controlling, but they said, this is about the students. They are our number one priority and what God is doing in their lives. And they protected that. Yeah. And they shepherded it so well. And I, was, I learned a lot just from just watching them serve people and how to protect what God was doing in the college. And, um, because how many, of you know, when, you know, five, 6,000 people out of town show up to your little small town college, it's a mess. And them being able to just navigate that with wisdom and with grace was just so impressive to me. That's one of the most impressive things I'm walking away with. Honestly, of just how, how, um, amazing that was just honor, uh, pastoring the mic even like the way they did that the way they did prayer ministry and i love this last night i was like you sit there i sit there for nine hours and i've memorized people's faces you know if they serve on ministry line up here and there was uh there was some old guys up here and some you know that they weren't college students and i remember just looking at was like i wonder who that guy is because they were named everybody was nameless I wonder who that is. And so I get on the website and I start looking at people. Oh, that's Dr. So-and-so. Got a PhD in sociology on his knees, bawling his eyes out with his hand around, arm around somebody praying for him. I was just impressed at the humility. That's all I'm saying. Just the humility in uh, uh, shepherding and stewarding that so well. Two more. Refreshing vulnerability. The testimonies. The honesty, when he, one of the things um, that one of the professors said when he got up, he said, what this room has become is an honest room, a room of honesty. Like nobody, nobody's in here pretending. We know we're all jacked up and we need Jesus. And we're not afraid to confess our sin to each other. And that's one of the marks of revival too, by the way, is just Repentance. God, I see where I'm fall so short of what you're calling me to be and to do. And I I I repent, I turn from that. And I don't mind telling my brother about what's going on in my life. When's the last time you opened up about your sin to somebody? Another quote that I wrote down was, We're only as sick as our secrets. When revival comes, there's not only a, a a call to repent and turn from sin, but there's also a grace to do it. The last thing was a chosen generation. As I said before, this is, I believe this move of God, not just at Asbury, but, you know, it's broken out in other places. And I, I feel the water's rising here. And I think that they're rising everywhere. I think there's just a water level that's rising right now. But this particular move of God is for Gen Z, led by Gen Z. And one of the things that was really interesting to me is if there was one word, I think if I could if I could just boil it all down to one word, it would be peace. This move of God is marked by peace. And what the generation right now needs is peace. They stood up, they said, hey, if you, if you have anxiety, depression, you know, panic attacks, any of that stuff, go ahead and stand, we're gonna pray for that right now. Almost the whole room, mostly Gen Z, and they're like, they're all standing. And the Lord's just pouring out what this generation needs right now. He's pouring out his peace. He's pouring out his heart. He's pouring out his love. And um, and so we're going to pray for that in a minute, if that's you. And so get, get this. This is not just story time with Gunnar. It's respond time with Jesus is what this is, okay? So we're getting there. But I, I want to share this. And, and, okay. So in the Welsh Revival... Evan Roberts was the guy that the Lord just kind of moved on. It didn't start with him, but he was kind of the name that got attached to the Welsh Revival. But what you don't hear about is a man named Seth Joshua. And Seth Joshua was, was an older man. Now, the Welsh Revival was, most revivals sweep through the younger generation, by the way. And the Welsh Revival was especially in the younger generation generation. But there was an older preacher named Seth Joshua, and he facilitated the move of God for a generation. And I've always told God, that's what I want to be. I just want to be the guy that goes, yeah, let's go. And I believe that's what God's letting us do right now. And if you're over 25 in this room, I believe God's calling us to be Seth Joshua's. Just people who say, all right, it's your time. Go. Go. It's your time. God's moving in your generation. It's time to get after it. It's time to respond with responsive hearts ourselves, but to realize that we're making room for people who aren't us. They're the younger generation. We're making room for Gen Z. And I'm telling you, it's going to have to take a mind shift because some, sometimes we show up to church and we think it's all about me and what God's going to do in my life. But maybe it's time to start thinking, what is God doing with this generation? And how can I steward this? How can I facilitate this? How can, how can I make my ceiling their floor? It's not about us. It's about who's coming after us. And this fact alone should make us respond in some way this morning. In some way. We have to respond to what the Lord is saying. We have to. Listen, some of you guys are like me. I'm 40 years old, and I, I, I remember growing up, and I remember watching people in the church. How can you not like this music? How can you not enjoy this? This is a, But the, the older people are like, no, this is how we've always done it. We want to do it this way. And do you know that I feel that happening in me? And I'm begging God, do not let my heart become hard. Don't let me get so stuck in my preferences that I miss your presence. Don't get me, get me so stuck on myself that I miss what I'm supposed to facilitate for the next generation. Can I just tell you something? Worship, structure, everything is, will eventually shift. Don't hold on to what you love just because you love it. We gotta make room. We make room for people. We make room for people. What I love about this is there is a, there's just a move of God for this generation, but there are songs going to come out. I love the fact that we're in that room and their kids singing at to the top of their lungs, holy, 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 the hymn. It's kind of nuts, right? Like, y'all know that one? And so what I'm saying is we just got to make room. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. Can I tell you something? Most things don't happen because everybody thinks somebody else will do it. And I'll tell you, that's the reason we're not experiencing the outpouring of God in its fullness, because we're waiting on somebody else to get right. We're waiting on somebody else to reconcile. We're waiting on somebody else to get passionate about intercession and prayer and to cry out for God. And as long as we're waiting on somebody else to do it, revival won't come to our lives. God's looking right now. He's roaming to and fro, and he's making eye contact with the people who will say yes to him. And he's not here today for the person sitting next to you. He's not here today to call your kids. He's not here today to call your mama. He's not here to call this city. He's here to call you. You. Me. He's calling us up the mountain. This is an invitation. This is an invitation. This is a window. This will not last long. This is an invitation from God. And all we have to do is say yes and obey. Just obey. We don't have to try to make church look like what's happening at Asbury. We don't have to to try to work anything up. All we have to do is just say yes, Jesus. What you're calling me to do, yes. There's somebody on the other side of this room you need to get right with. Revival's not going to come to your life until you get up out of your seat and go get right with that person. Until you go apologize to who you've wronged. Until you go back to the last place you disobeyed God and said, God, forgive me. I'm going to give my heart to you completely and I want to obey you. I want to do what you say. That is revival. It's not just excitement. It's returning to one. It's returning to Jesus. Will you say yes? Yes. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not trying to be dramatic when I say this. We're in a window that we've never been in before. There are generations before us that have not. If they could have seen this window open. Right. I think about the words of Jesus. If the prophets would have lived in the day you live in today. Guys, you realize the day we're living in? Jesus told Believers in Revelation 3. We quote this when we give an altar call. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And he's not talking to people who don't know him. He's talking to his people. He says, this is a letter to the church. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open the door and let me in, I'll come in. And we'll have dinner. We'll have fellowship. I don't know what putting your hand on that doorknob looks like. I don't know what pushing that door open looks like in your life. But I'm telling you, we got to do it. It is time to open the door. Think about that song we sing in that psalm. It says, open up ancient doors and let the king of glory come in. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.